Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. It's my privilege to introduce Heinrich and Nikki to you. Heinrich, uh, both of them, they were our pastors here many years ago, actually, but for about four years. I think it's now seven years ago that they were sent by God, I believe, all the way back to their roots in Cape Town. Someone said West. Um, I was thinking this morning, Heinrich, um, when from, you came from Pretoria to Johannesburg to pastor our church here. Um, and then I thought, the work that you've been doing in, in, as an apostolic leader, as the family's leader, um, Shofar Global, you had some, some school training in Johannesburg for the work that you are doing on a much greater school uh, scale, rather, for the past couple of years, just the restoration, just the pastoring, just the loving of the church family, because our church family needed some loving and nurturing when you came here. So you were in junior school for, for the work that you guys had to do uh, over these past couple of years, and we're so pleased we could provide that school for you. Um, but I want to ask you guys to come up. Nikki, come some some. Yeah, YouTube wants to see you. You know, we're on TV these days. <laughs> I know, I don't like it either. Yes. So it's our super privilege and honor to have you guys join us and to share the word with us. Heinrich, bye, danke. Next, thank you for also this weekend. We've had them for the whole weekend. Uh, we've had leadership uh, development things uh, Saturday morning. We had a marriage enrichment last night with them. We've just been sitting and receiving from the Lord through them. And we're really, really grateful um, for what you've been giving to us and sowing into us again. Just feel a leaf. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Anne. Thank you very much. Thanks, Lobby. Yeah. So for those of you guys that have forgotten what I look like, this is what I look like without the mask. But it is a tremendous privilege to, to be here. Um, yeah, this place has changed a little bit since I was here the previous time. It looks and feels a lot bigger. Um, I think you've done some extensions and, and stuff. The, um, the bathroom also feels a lot bigger and freer and open <laughs> than, uh, <laughs> than what I, I remember. It's a very small little, little space. Now it's just like freedom, man. It's just like everyone's welcome, you know. Um, so I think that's the heart of the congregation. Everyone's welcome. Uh, join us. Um, uh, yeah, it is amazing to, to be here. It's, uh, Johannesburg will always have a very, very special place in Nikki and my, my heart. And just to have been here, we arrived on um, Thursday evening and have been spoiled by Henning Rochelle and Gunnar Melissa and the rest of the, the guys just hosting us and feeding us and making sure that we have everything that we need. Um, I think next time we've got to come longer because there's just so much that we, that we still wanted to do in a, in a short space of time. But we want to thank you guys for opening up your hearts uh, to us. And then we've been able to just share. We had an amazing time yesterday with the, with the leaders and last night with the, the married couples as well. And uh, yeah, such a privilege to be able to share with you guys and to, and to have uh, you open up your hearts towards us. It's, uh, it's not something we take for granted. Uh, to minister the word and to have um, the opportunity to speak into people's lives is a tremendous privilege. And um, very thankful, not in my wildest dreams, would I have thought that God would, would use me the way that he, that he is using me. Um, um, most of you guys know that I did grow up in, in, uh, in church so as a pastor's kid. So uh, from the moment I opened my eyes, I was always surrounded by, by church people. And uh, we had uh, fun times, but also challenging times in, in church. Church can be an amazing place, and it can also be a, a challenging place. And it was just uh, one of those things growing up. Um, you know, I, I had an encounter with the Lord when I was uh, three years old. Uh, came to the Lord when I was three. I remembered uh, kneeling next to my bed with my dad and giving my heart to the Lord. And it was such an amazing experience for me. Unfortunately, I went through a dry patch. A desert experience, and I came back to the Lord when I was five years old. <laughs> yeah, so um, I backslid a little bit, was fighting with my brothers, and um, yeah, the flesh overcame the, the desire in me to do good. Um, but then my mom got hold of me, took me into the bathroom, and the fear of mom fell upon me, and she drove, she drove all those rebellious spirits out of me. 
So we used to refer to the bathroom as the place of cleansing. And you knew when mom locked the door with you and her inside. And the wooden spoon, then you knew. So the Lord led me with his word and with a wooden spoon when I was, um, I was young. And uh, um, I'm thankful for parents that uh, disciplined us, that loved us, and gave us a love for the house of the Lord as well. Thankful for our roots in the Dutch Reformed Church. It's an amazing time. My, my father was a minister in the Dutch Reformed Church and very thankful for the legacy. And then in 1985, we moved to, to Boxburg, and my folks went to Raymer. And uh, so Boxburg was also interesting. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. I don't know, anybody from the Boxburg region? Ah, yes, lovely. Uh, amazing time we had in Boxburg. Um, I then realized that um, being up in Johannesburg, you are required to drive. Nothing is, is just around the corner. You know, when we talk about things being around the corner in, in Cape Town or Western Cape, it's literally, I mean, it's around the corner. I mean, it's like 30 seconds, you know, just literally around the corner. Yeah, around the corner can mean anything. <laughs> um, and uh, so it was so amazing for me when the Lord led us back here many moons later. I could come back here as an adult and I could minister here in Johannesburg, uh, sort of full circle coming back to Joburg. And uh, as Izan said, it was a, a wonderful time here. And I want to thank you guys, those of you guys who were here, for giving us the opportunity to, I think in a way, I don't want to say experiment with you, but yeah, it was a learning curve. <laughs> so the fact that you guys, that you stuck around as well, it's, uh, it's amazing. But yeah, we really love you. You've, you are part of our, um, of our hearts. Some of my memories in this hall has just been so precious. I remember many times just down on the floor, lying here, just in God's presence and uh, just having some deep uh, quality time with the Lord. And um, just this morning as, as we were worshiping and as you guys are sharing just what the Lord has laid on your heart, it's uh, just encouraging for me to see that flow of the Spirit, to, to still feel and to experience that uh, this, this church values the presence of God and uh, values His, his voice, his, his rhema word, and also values His logos, His written word. And to have the balance of the Word and the Spirit in, in place, it's an amazing privilege. And I, I hope you guys know how privileged and blessed you are to have the kind of teaching as well, the kind of foundation as well, uh, the love for the Word, but also the openness for the Holy Spirit. Uh, because we don't have to choose between the two, amen? And so I uh, really want to thank the elders here in this congregation as well, and Henning Rochelle, and Mama Joyce, it's good to see you as well. Mama Joyce was also praying for me as, as a student. Um, uh, Nikki and, and Shala, they were housemates, and so I got to know Danny Joyce as well as a, as a young man, and, and she would pray for me as well and would keep me on the straight and narrow as well. And so we're thankful, Mama Joyce, for your faithful prayers through the years. And it's amazing to do life together, right, guys? And that God gives us the opportunity to, to know each other for, you know, not just five years, but 10, 15, 20 it's almost 30 years that we, that we know each other now. Uh, by the way, next year's show is going to be 30 years old. So uh, we, we're gearing ourselves for a lacquer party next year. So we're not going to have convergence this year due to obviously COVID restrictions and all of those things. It'll be difficult to do a big conference. Um, but next year we're gearing ourselves up to have a massive uh, lacquer party. Right? So we're going to give you the details and just thank God for his faithfulness, what he's been doing in our lives. We, uh, we're a young church family, still 30 years old. We, um, in old Hebrew terms, I think you're beginning to move towards sort of being a man uh, in terms of just the respect that you, that you have, even though they obviously acknowledge the guys from 12 years on. Um, but we're still very young, and we, we're learning, we're growing, we're thankful for the amazing things that God is doing uh, in us and doing through us. And, and I want to thank you guys for your prayers as well. Thank you for praying for us, praying for Nikki and myself, the apostolic team. I bring you greetings from all the apostolic team guys, bringing greetings from other congregations. Uh, it's just been amazing for me to travel around, uh, to travel to the different Shofar churches and to see what God is doing there. The church is alive and well, amen? Uh, alive and well um, in spite of circumstances, in spite of economic uh, downturns and political upheaval and pandemics and stuff. Um, the church is alive and well. Yes, the church is alive and well. And um, the incredible things that God is building His church. Um, just traveling around and seeing the amazing things that God is doing in the lives of people. I just know none of us can manufacture that. You know, none of us can put love in someone's heart. None of us can put a passion for Jesus in someone's heart. That's what the Holy Spirit does. None of us can, can psych people up to, up to live lives of forgiveness and, and lives of reconciliation. That's what, that's what the Holy Spirit does. And uh, we're seeing that um, our church family is, is growing. God is blessing us with property. So I'm going to just encourage you guys as well to continue to put out your faith 
um, also for your inheritance here in the city that God has for you. Um, all over our church family, the Lord is beginning to just bless us with, with property. And it's so amazing to see that, uh, the stability that God is giving us, to see the churches growing, to see you guys opening up your hearts. We've had over this last year or so during the pandemic, just like literally hundreds of thousands of rands which you guys have given towards the poor. And that's amazing. It's such a great privilege to be part of a giving church who's extravagant in their giving. Um, you would expect the giving to have dwindled. You would have expected people to become a little bit more, uh, not selfish, but look after themselves first. And we don't have that spirit. We have got a generous spirit. And we're so thankful for that. So uh, this morning, I want to I wanna share with you guys um, a word that I've been sharing with, with all of our churches where I have the privilege of ministering. Um, but first, I want to pray for us. Father, thank you that we can be together, God, this morning, like we are, and um, Lord, as, as the, the words came this morning as well, we want to, Lord, just acknowledge you and uh, we want to, um, in a way, Lord, just slow down our, our heartbeat, Lord, slow down and just, Lord God, in, in, our, in our hearts, in our soul, Lord, to, to really just sit at your feet this morning. Uh, we thank you for what you've already spoken to us, Lord. Um, Holy Spirit, you know each one of us, you know those in this room, you know those, Lord, that are watching on uh, social media, Lord, you, you know those who will still watch, Lord, um, you know us intimately and deeply, God, and not only do you know us, you, you love us, um, you enjoy us, you delight in us, Lord, and it's a great mystery, to bring delight to the creator of the universe. So thank you this morning, God, that as your children, as we come into your presence, we come into the presence of a loving father, and we come into the presence of a good father. And Lord, this morning, as you will continue to speak to our hearts, Lord, I just want to thank you for your word, and that your word is already blessed. Your word carries life and everything that we need. Thank you that you have prepared hearts to receive your word this morning, God. And we yield to your guidance and to your leading. God, we thank you. Lord, I, I thank you for uh, just the, the moms in this room. Lord, um, we just have a lot of fears over the, the kids, Lord, and the future of the kids. Even the city, I just feel there's one particular set of parents. And you, you actually fear for your kids in the city. And the Lord just says that that. He's the keeper of Israel, and he, he has kept Israel from the moment he's given the promise to Abram. He has kept his people, and he has preserved his people. And if, and if he could keep Israel for his thousands of years in the midst of every attempt from the devil to bring destruction on them, then he can keep you and your family. He's, he's the one that doesn't slumber and doesn't sleep. And God watches over you, and he knows the purpose that he has for you. Um, I sense as a baby girl. And God says he doesn't want you to live in fear. He knows his purpose for her life. He knows the reason why he's placed you here for this time. And God, we thank you, Lord, just for your, uh, your tremendous uh, comfort. Thank you for your angelic beings, Lord, and protection over our children, Father, in this city, Lord. And that, uh, God, you raise up a, a fearless generation of children, Lord, a fearless generation who are going to do and accomplish great things for you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to read for us this morning from Jeremiah 6. I think we've had two scriptures from Jeremiah already this morning. So uh, the prophet Jeremiah is in the house. Right? He's, um, he's chatting to us this, this morning. And the amazing thing about Jeremiah is he's often known as the, as the weeping prophet or the lamenting prophet. He had to bring a lot of hard words to, to God's people. But there's so much rejoicing in Jeremiah as well. There's beautiful promises that, that God gives through Jeremiah. And he gives these beautiful promises within the context uh, very often, as, uh, as a brother read, of God's people having turned away from God. God's people having turned to their own ways, having followed their own ways. And, um, and with, within that context, God comes and God invites them. He never throws them away, even when he brings a hard word. Even when he brings a word of challenge to them, it's never to throw them away, but it's always to invite them closer to him. And Jeremiah 6 is a chapter like that. The first uh, few verses of Jeremiah 6, God is, is starting with, a, um, 
with the political leaders, and he goes down to the spiritual leaders, and then he goes down to the people on the ground, and he, he basically challenges each one of them to say, but you followed your own ways, and your own ways have led you to this place of, of destruction, of pain, of chaos, and of, and of discipline. Um, but he then invites them to, to change their ways, and, and yesterday with the with the married couples, we were just chatting a little bit about, about our roads, our highways that we travel upon here in Joburg. You guys have got some fascinating highways. You have some fascinating ways of driving. I had to uh, uh, just become comfortable again with the fact that, um, you know, here uh, the orange light um, doesn't necessarily mean slow down. It's an invitation to go faster um, just because you, you need to create space between you and the guy behind you. And so um, I'd forgotten that once or twice, so I just had to get back into the groove again. Um, but, you know, our ways are so important. Our, our ways are important to God, and our ways really just speak about our way of living. You know, um, I think all of us from time to time, we've been in situations where maybe we felt we lost our way. Uh, this morning on, on my way to church, I was driving on muscle memory, you know, and um, had some good progress that I made till a couple of corners away from church. And then obviously the guys, the outside backs were giving me some conflicting information as well. So I wanted to take the gap when they left. No, right, it's that way. And so fortunately Kun was behind me and uh, he brought me um, safely to where we needed to be. But I lost my way a little bit, you know, and sometimes it happens to us, doesn't it? You, you think you, you know the way to go and then you just lose your way a little bit. Maybe in a relationship or maybe at work you, you lose your way a little bit. Some of us have been through, through times when we have really lost our way, maybe even with, with God and, or with a spouse, and it takes us a while to find our way back home to, to Jesus or, or to one another as well. Um, but our ways talk about our way of living, our, our lifestyle. We can really talk about our lifestyle. Um, and, the, and this morning, I want to I share with you just a few things God dropped in my heart for us as a, as a church family. And I'm trusting God that within what he's speaking to the bigger church family, you'll be able to evaluate your own way as well. Just um, your way of living, your way of dealing with your kids, dealing with your colleagues at work, and dealing with this church family where, where God has planted us. And so Jeremiah says in verse 16, Thus says the Lord, and I love this about, about Jeremiah, and I love this about Scripture. And by the way, I often from time to time, when I sit down and I journal and I just ask the Lord to speak to me, I, I would come to him with an expectation in my heart, and I would say, uh, today on the 20th of November 2019, uh, the word of the Lord came to me saying, and then I'm, all right, Lord, now you need to speak to me. <laughs> Just to create an expectation that when I sit down and I ask God to speak to me, then he wants to speak to us. Um, because I'm just, if God could speak to Jeremiah and Haggai and all of those guys, then he wants to speak to me as well. And, and sometimes he would take me to Scripture and he would speak to me from Scripture. And sometimes he would speak to me through his Spirit. And I want to encourage some of you to take a blank piece of paper and in, into the presence of the Lord. When you go and you have your devotions, take the blank piece of paper and say, God, today speak to me today. Because I love this. It's not, God is not just into, um, this is what the Lord said now, he has said many things, and he has spoken many things to us, and we you need to use it as our foundation for what he's saying to us today. Amen? We need to use what he has said to us as our foundation for what he is saying to us today. But God is always the great I am. He always has a now word for us. And thus says the Lord. He's speaking to the people of Israel, and through his spirit, the word is applicable to us as well. Thus says the Lord. And maybe it will be good for us to to just take stock even in our hearts when we go home and to speak to our loved ones or speak to our accountability partners and speak at small group to one another about this is what God is saying to me. Because our birthright as God's people is to have his voice speak to us. And when we have his voice speak to us, then the voices of other people as, as our brother, what's your, what's your name again? Yes. Liu, Liu, as Liu shared with us this morning, there was a word for him to rest, to stay in God's presence and not to send out his CV, not to panic, not to start sending out a lot of CVs. It was God's word for him in the moment. And God's word defined his experience and God's word led him to say no to some other things. Um, what is God saying to you? And, and I've just been challenging myself on this. We sometimes run around to get a whole lot of new words and new stuff but sometimes we just need to take stock of what God has already spoken to us about. And to speak to each other. 
and say, this is what I feel God is saying to me. And then in that, we can keep each other accountable. And we can be excited about what God is saying to each other um, and encourage each other to continue to grow in that. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it and then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Also, I said, watchman over you saying, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not, we will not listen. Thus says the Lord, oh yeah, let me just go back. So what I've done there is I've just underlined the sort of the, the verbs there. Uh, it's a... It's a directive that comes from God, and it's, and it's filled with a lot of um, action words, right? So there, there are things that they need to do. Firstly, God says to them, I want you to stand. And, 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 and he says to them, I want you to stand, and I want you basically to come to a standstill for a while. I want you to, as the words came this morning, to stop just running like a headless chicken. Um, I spoke to someone today, and they said that they know a chicken that's 12 years old. Who was it? Somebody spoke to me about a a chicken is like 12 years old. If somebody has a pet, I never knew chickens can, can grow that old. But God doesn't want us to, to run around like it was you. Yes, the 12-year-old the chicken. God, 10, 10 years, okay, sorry, 10-year-old chicken. Um, God doesn't want us to be running around like, like headless chickens, just running after this thing and puk puk eat and puk puk dar and just running after this stuff. God, from time to time, wants us to just stop, stand, stand in the ways. In other words, stand in... In, in, in your lifestyle, take stock of your life and, and see. And so he's encouraging them to, to slow down. He's encouraging them to, to uh, maybe put the handbrake up and, and just take a look around you. And, and one of the, the beautiful things about us coming to church on a Sunday morning is it gives us the opportunity to just stand. Stand in God's presence, stand with God's people and to look around. Um, if, we, if we really think about it, that being in God's presence with God's people is a miracle. If we take stock, if we stand, we realize how, how privileged we are as God's people here in South Africa, that we can use the school venue is a blessing. And if we just rush into our week, we just rush into life, we tend to lose sight of the blessings around us. But standing allows us to take stock. We say, God, we are thankful we're surrounded by people who love us. The people who support us, we can worship you without fear. Stand in the, in the ways and, and, and see and ask. And, and I believe that God, for, for us as a church family, I'm, I'm busy just chatting to our pastors and to our leaders about us taking stock of our emotions, um, slowing down enough in the pace of our lives to listen to what's going on on the inside. And you can't do that as you're just running after the next thing, after the next thing, after the next thing. That happens when you slow down. It happens when you, you come to a stop and you stand. And, and, and he says, I want you to see. I, I, I want to, to heal your eyes so you can see what's really going on. I, I don't want you just to be, to be led by what's in the media. I don't want you just to be led by what's on the, the latest thing on Facebook. There's a lot of stuff on Facebook and there's a lot of stuff being sent to us on, on WhatsApp and stuff. But I, I want you to see what I want you to see. And then I want you to ask, and he, and, and he invites them to engage with him. He invites them to, to, to look away from their own ways and to look to his ways. Um, because there is a way, there's a better way that God has in store for us than just our own ways. There's a, there's a way where, where we need to come and you need to come so you can put on the, the helmet. Because God doesn't want us to be running into things and driving into things and hurting ourselves. His way is a good way. His way is a safe way. Right? And he says, I want you to, to ask for the old paths and other ways to, to ask for the things that are God's way of doing things. Um, we're surrounded now by more and more modern ways of doing things and thinking where the old ways are becoming the bad ways. Eh? Uh, the old ways are becoming the, the extinct ways almost. I mean, just chivalry. I remember being in America uh, many years ago when I was... I was um, uh, um, just walking into a, into a building and a lady was coming in. I stopped so that she could walk in before me. And she was like, what? dude, what are you doing? It's like looking at me like, what is this? Um, chivalry, men just treating women well. You know, that's ways that are, because now we, you don't have differences between genders anymore. Eh? We're all the, all the same. And, and some men having to stand up to protect. All of those things are becoming ancient ways, old ways, ways of, of, of treating our parents well, having respect for elders, 
ways of, 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 of just honoring people and valuing people, not for what they can do, but for who they are. Those ways are becoming more and more ancient. They're becoming more extinct. But we actually as believers, you know, we were called people of the way back in the day. Early church was called people of the way. They were known for a different way. And may we be known as God's people, as people of a different way. That there's a different way that we walk. There's a different way that we drive. Hallelujah. Even in, even in Johannesburg, that may, may, maybe if, if, if Jesus were in Johannesburg, he would say that my people would be known for the way that they drive. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know whether he would have said, you will recognize them by the way that they drive. There's, there's something different about God's people as, they, as they're driving. You know, but all jokes aside, that our ways need to be different. We, our ways cannot just be the, be the same as the ways of the world around us. And God invites us into that, that old way, that, that, ancient, that ancient past that He has set out for us. The ancient past that we find in, in Scripture. And, and He says, when you do this, when you walk in my ways, when you follow my ways of doing things, when you follow the ways of the Spirit, you follow the way of forgiveness, you follow the way of humility, you follow the way of sacrifice, you follow the way of generosity. Then he says, when you follow the way of not fighting for yourself and defending yourself, but allowing God to vindicate you and God to fight for you, he says, then you will find something that is so extremely elusive in this modern world. Rest. It's one of the rarest commodities nowadays. And people pay lots and lots of money to go on retreats and to, and to go on a holiday for this thing that's so elusive, rest for the soul. And then rest for the soul very often has got very little to do with external things. It has everything to do with that, that place where we trust and we surrender to our Father to look after us. He says, I want you to find rest for your souls. And, and my desire, my burning passion nowadays for us as a church family is that we will all as individual congregations and as a bigger church family and as individuals that we will live out of a place of rest. And not out of a place of, of drivenness. Not out of a place of being pushed and, 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 and have externals determine how we live with each other and, and our choices and our decisions. But from a place of rest we will be able to live. You will find rest for yourselves. And, and then there's this fascinating response from the, from the Israelites. But they said, we will not walk in it. And it's not so much that they said, we will not listen. We will not hear. They said, we will not walk in it. And, and I began to look at my own life and, and I began to just understand that just listening isn't good enough anymore. Just listening to sermons and just coming and reading books and listening to podcasts and stuff isn't good enough anymore. Repentance, what God has called us for, has got everything to do with changing our ways, changing our, something needs to shift in the outflow of what I listen to and what I hear. And, and, and very often, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm like, yes, that's bold, eh, to say to God. God is saying one thing, they're saying, no, 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 we, no. We will do our own thing. You know, that's, that's bold. And I, I don't know whether any of, of us are, are that bold to say that to God. No, we will not listen. <laughs> we will do our own thing. But maybe it's not so much with our words, but it's, it's with our actions. It's, and, and, and this is really, I think, the time that we're heading into as, as in church history or in the world. It's, it's not so much anymore. It's not good enough anymore just to have the information in our heads, even to have the information on our lips as we sing and as we confess things, the world needs people who will live differently, who will walk differently, who will have different ways about them. And then we will make a way for others to follow in that way. And I know that's why you guys are here. And I'm gonna, I want to commend you that your ways this morning led you to this place. Now we were, we were driving here and, a, and there were a lot of guys cycling on different ways. Tons of guys. Sunday morning is a Beautiful time to go cycling. And your way could have led you there this morning. You could have gone cycling or you could have gone wherever. But your ways led you here. Your ways led you to small group. Your ways, some of your ways will go to Ignite on what's it, Monday or Wednesday. Your, your, your ways, you have a desire to follow God. And I want to commend you for that. And I want to encourage you to continue on that way. Don't allow pressure or don't allow hurt or disillusionment to push you out of that way. Because God's ways lead to rest. And then it continues in verse 17, and he says, Also, I set watchmen over you, saying, Listen to the sound of the trumpet. 
And so, so God is, is coming to them and he's, he's saying, I've raised up people around you who will stand up and who will say, listen to the sound of the trumpet. Listen to what the voice of God is saying. And, and saints, my, my appeal to us would be that on mornings like this, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us through each other, that we will not just say, oh, that's nice. But we will engage with that word. We will take that word home. We will write that word down. Because if God would go through the trouble of sending his son to earth so that everyone can have access to the Holy Spirit and everyone can hear his voice. If, if God who has, like how many billion people on the face of the planet now? Where are we? Seven billion or something like that. If, if God, the creator of the universe, is busy building his church all across the globe and is busy speaking to thousands of people and he would take the effort and the trouble to speak to us on this morning, 16th of May, at 10 o'clock, he would speak to us, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, then surely our response needs to be, whoa, God has spoken. And to take that to heart and to wrestle with say, God, but what does it mean for me? What does it mean for my family? Listen to the sound of the trumpet. I want to encourage the watchmen here, the guys who have a passion to, to pray and to intercede for the church and to speak God's word. Do not lose heart. It is time to blow the shofar again. It is time to press in. It is time to stand on the ramparts. It is time to see God's face and to bring the word that God gives to you. Don't hold back. Bring it to us as elders. Bring it to us as leaders. Speak the word. There's some of your bosses at work that needs to hear a word. There, there's some colleagues that need to hear a word. Blow the trumpet, right? Don't be afraid to blow the trumpet. And, and if we look at how God speaks to his people, I think it's important for us to ask this question. And go to that slide that says, in the ways. To ask ourselves, where are my ways leading me? If I continue down this way, if I continue with the people that I'm surrounding myself with right now, will I like where I'm ending up? Not just if I continue to listen to the stuff that I'm listening to, if I continue coming to church, but if I continue living my way the way that I'm living it right now, will I like where I will end up five years from now, ten years, fifteen years from now? We spoke to the, to the couples last night. If, if I continue treating my wife the way I am right now, well, I like our destination five years down the line. If, if we continue on this way, the way we're raising our kids, if we continue this way, the way I'm engaging with people at work with my small group, if I continue uh, in the way of treating this body, this temple of the Holy Spirit, the way that I am right now, well, I like where this way will lead my body. I desire to end up where Caleb ended up, 80 years of age, saying I'm today as strong as what I was when I first heard the word. I want to finish well. I want to, I'm so touched and encouraged by Dr. Erki Sandenberg's funeral. A man that lived his life well. His ways led all the way to, to heaven, but along that way he left behind a legacy. And that is what God wants us to do. And so, and so I'm challenging us and I'm, I'm asking us to slow down, to take the time out to evaluate your ways. And, and, and when God asks us to evaluate, he isn't asking us to evaluate with fear and with condemnation, but he's, he's asking us to evaluate and saying to us, but I've got a different way for you. I've got a better way for you. Some of us will, will continue on the way we are at right now. Some of us will say, okay, I need to change my way. Some of us will say, I need to slow down. Some of us might need to pick up pace. Right? But take the time to evaluate. Maybe in, in small group, um, evaluate your ways. Chat with someone. Because sometimes you need help, like I almost got lost this morning on my way to church. I needed a buddy that says, I've been traveling down this way. I can show you the way. Right? If, if, if you have had a breakthrough in your life, then you've got the privilege of showing somebody else a better way. Share that way with those around you. Uh, John 14, verse 3 to 4, uh, Jesus speaks to his disciples and says, I go and I prepare a place for you, and I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And he says to them, I know the way to where, or you know the way to where I'm going. And so Jesus says, guys, I'm going to go away, I'm, and I'm, I'm leaving you now. It wasn't good news for them. The guys were panicking because they were expecting Jesus to usher in the political kingdom of Israel, and all their hopes, all their dreams were pinned on Jesus, and now Jesus is saying he's going away. But don't worry, guys, you know where I'm going. And we now look back at that, and we say, yeah, of course, Jesus is going to heaven. They're like, 
Jesus, what are you talking about? You're going to Jericho, you're going to, back to Nazareth. Where are you going? What, you're going to Rome? Where are you going? You know, but, um, what is this place you're preparing for us? But no one had the guts to ask him, except that guy Thomas, that everybody gives Thomas a bad rap, and he's the, the unbeliever in the midst. But I, I love his honesty, right? So Thomas there, he's the only honest guy in church. All right, everybody else is nodding, and yes, we know, we, are, we know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, yes, we, we're like, oh, we don't have a clue. And Thomas is like, Lord, we didn't know where you are going. <laughs> how can we know the way? I don't know how many of you guys can be honest enough to acknowledge that there's a bit of a Thomas in us all. And it's not a bad thing, right, to be able to, to just be honest, because sometimes we pretend to know the way. And you, you drive around, you know, nowadays we've got Google Maps, so it makes it a little bit easier. But back in the day, we would get lost often because you just don't want to ask for directions. Just drive around, drive around, drive around, hoping you'll find the right place. When we first moved to Pretoria, one day, um, Andre and Mezzanine invited us over to their place. And, and um, you know, I unfortunately took the wrong end. It's the N4 and the N14. They're two completely different things, you know. And, I think I hit a tollgate somewhere and I realized, all right, I'm, I'm too far, I'm too far away. Sometimes we get to a tollgate, we get to a place where the cost of us getting lost is, is high. We have to, we're paying a price in terms of our physical health, we're paying a price in terms of our relational health. And all God wants us to do is to be honest and say, God, I don't know the way. Help me, Jesus, show me the way. There must be a better way of doing life than what I'm currently experiencing. And then Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And, 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 and here's the crux of the matter for us. In everything that we do, our destination ultimately is to draw closer to the Father. Jesus was going to heaven physically, yes, but he, he, he left us a way to have access to the Father. And may all of our ways lead us just closer to the, to the Father. And so when I'm looking at my own life and I'm evaluating my own life, yes, I've got to evaluate how successful I am as a pastor, how I'm leading our church family. I've got to evaluate all of those things. But ultimately what I need to evaluate is, am I becoming more Christ-like? I need to evaluate my life, my actions, my thoughts, everything that I do, not in the light of how the other pastor is running his church or how my dad did things or how this one wants me to do things, but I have to evaluate my ways in the light of who Jesus is. He's the filter. I need to put the filter of Jesus like on that, that um, Google map. You've got the overlays, eh? the, the satellite view and the 3D view and all of those things. That's the overlay. Jesus is the overlay upon my life. I've got to evaluate everything in my life in the light of who Jesus is and who Jesus wants me to be. And that's my, my invitation to us, is an invitation to come up higher, saints. I believe there's an opportunity for the church of our Lord Jesus Christ to embrace Christ-likeness like never before. To allow the Holy Spirit to shape Jesus inside of us. And then it's not a question of how, how gifted I am. It's not a question of, is it the fruit of the Spirit or it's the gifts of the Spirit. It is simply, I want to be Jesus. I, not I want to be Jesus, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like, I want, I want Jesus' way of doing things to manifest through my life. I want the world to get a glimpse of how he would do things and evaluate our ways in the light of his Christ-likeness. And so when we look at our ways, I, I, I want to encourage you to take some time this weekend and look at your worship, look at your prayer life, look at your devotion to his word, look at your reflection of his generosity, look, look at the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit, evaluate that. In the light of who Jesus is. Take stock. It's a good thing. Many of you guys in corporate, you know the power of your, your um, performance appraisals. You know, just, just take stock. The great thing, we heard it this morning, is our performance appraisal isn't like you're going to be kicked out of God's presence. You come as a son. You are invited. You are promised a promotion. It's to come up higher to become more like Jesus. God invites us always deeper and closer to him. Evaluate. You know, I, I often have to evaluate my worship. I go, God, am I, am I now doing this as a professional because this is what I do before I preach? You know, or am I just worshiping from my heart? Am I worshiping you? It's just you and me, no one else. I'm worshiping you just from the depth of what you've done for me. 
Right? I've got it. And the, and the beautiful thing here is nobody else knows your ways. Really, they knew. You know the way. In terms of you know what the quality of your way is with the Lord right now. You know, we can be here in a, in a room like this and, and people can look from the outside and they can have an idea. But in your heart, you know. You and Jesus. And I want to encourage you to have some honest conversations with the Lord just around things like said, your worship, your prayer life, and, and maybe just your ways as a son and daughter, your ways as a friend, your ways as a, a member of the household of God and a citizen of heaven, your ways as salt and light in the community. One of the things the Lord has just spoken to me about is to, is to just place a greater value on friendship, to make, to make time for my friends, to connect with my friends, to pick up pieces with friends that I, that I had, and to, and to value those friendships. Because God wants me to be a good friend. He doesn't want me to be so busy just with church stuff that I, I, I forsake my, my friendships. It's just one of the ways God has been dealing with me about. Uh, one of the friendships that I've picked up again was with a old school buddy of mine, we're back on this WhatsApp group, school uh, reunion WhatsApp group, and one of the friendships I've started again just to, in, to invest in is with a guy called Lucky, right? Lucky was uh, with me at school, and he was, he was named after Lucky Luke. I don't know if you guys can remember Lucky Luke. Anybody from that generation that watched the Lucky Luke cartoons, all right? And so uh, Lucky Luke always had the cigarette that's dangling out of his mouth, and uh, Lucky had a cigarette also that's dangling out of his mouth, even at school. All right, he was, um, he loved, yeah, he was, uh, he was an interesting, interesting chap. Um, but Lucky played a significant role in my life because, you know, growing up as a, as a pastor's kid, obviously, even moving from town to town, I would arrive in a new town and then just a couple of conversations into the, uh, words into the conversation, people would be like, you saved. I'm like, come on, man. I just wanted to be one of the boys, you know. I, I don't want that label, you're the pastor's kid or the, the Dominic's son. I just wanted to be a normal, a normal guy. And so, and so um, I think when I got to uh, matric, I'd forgotten, um, you know, the hiding that I got when I was five years old. And so I thought, okay, it's a good, good time for me to maybe experiment in, in, in getting rebellious. I'm going to start smoking, all right. And so which better guy than lucky, you know, to... to, to to introduce me to the best stuff and how to do it. So we're behind the school. There was this wall, you know, behind the school. I don't know if any of you guys had a wall like that, but, you know, the teachers for some other reason never went there. But so the, the guys were there, and um, so I'm like, lucky. You know, and, um, and the guys, like, they called me Tomba for some other reason. Tomba. Tomba, if you start smoking, I'm going to beat the living out of you. <laughs> you are the only reason why I still have hope that my life can be different one day. And God used my smoking friend to stop me from smoking. <laughs> so I was just like, yo, Lord, come on, man. Just like, am I never going to get away from you? And so I just uh, am picking up the pieces with Lucky again. And uh, Lucky has been divorced. Now, and uh, I'm just investing in his life a little bit and speaking to him. And, but I was just thinking that there was a friend that played a significant role in my life. You know, and God reminded me of him. And, and I, was, I was looking back on my ways, and I saw God's faithfulness. And he used people on my way. And I just felt for some of us that we need to go back and we need to look at the people that God used along the way. To invest in our lives, to make a difference in our lives, and to thank them. And to value them and to esteem them. Isaiah 55 verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than, than your thoughts. God's ways aren't always the same as, as our ways. But we can trust His ways. Right? When everything inside of you wants to speed up and God says slow down, you can trust His ways. When everything inside of you says, I want to give the guy a piece of my mind and, and God says turn the other cheek, you can, you can trust His ways. When everything inside of you says, I, I need to be more conservative now with my giving and cut down on giving to the church. And God says, I just want you to be extravagant and trust me. You can trust his ways. His ways are higher than our ways, but his, his ways are the ways that leads to life and rest for us. And I believe that one of the things that God has been just highlighting to me for, for us as a church family is this beautiful one in Psalm 133, verse 1. It says, Behold, our good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard of Aaron, 
running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. As I was just standing at the back and looking at you guys worshiping, I just felt that the Lord was saying that you've just begun to scratch the surface of what is possible through your synergy in this, in this city. That, that the power of unity that God is wanting to, to utilize is like atomic energy. That, that God has brought you through some, some challenging times, but you guys are still together. You guys are still worshiping him together. You guys are still passionate about him. And that he's about to do something amazing and something incredible if you will continue to value the way of unity. Value the way of unity. Value the way of honoring and esteeming each other. Value the way of having some tough conversations if there are things that are, that are not lacking. Talk it through. But God says where, where brothers dwell together in unity, there the Lord commands the blessing. Life forevermore. Right, life, Zoe life in all of its fullness. And the world needs to have access to the well of life. And God says, um, the, the days, I believe the days of one person having access or, or like being the man w- with power for the hour, those days are gone. God is wanting to pour his blessing out upon his people. Where, where together we'll be able to steward what God is entrusting to us. Dwell in unity. It's what God, it's God's inheritance for us. Um, Luke 18 verse 8 says, um, um, just very quickly, I want to finish off this. Uh, God speaking to the woman that was just coming to, um, basically she was bugging him and saying, God, you've got to do something for my child. And, and the Lord says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Speaking about this, this judge that is um, uh, um, being bugged by this person over and over again. I tell you, God will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth, I believe that God is holding before us the, the path of faith. Don't settle for materialism. Don't settle for the, the ways that make sense in the natural. Go for the way of faith. All right? Keep on believing God. Keep on trusting God. Keep on trusting God even for the things that don't, don't make sense to you. And how do we build our faith? We build our faith through the word. Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10 verse 12 says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith to believe in God as, as, our, as our Savior comes through the Word. But faith also to believe God for life and what we need comes from the Word. That's why staying in the Word is so important. So saints, don't forsake the way of the Word. Feed yourself on the Word. Feed yourself on what God says. Because that's when we'll have true faith. Not faith that comes from just singing songs and, and just uh, being emotionally hyped up. But faith that comes from God's Word. Where you know this season where I'm in is based upon God's Word. That's why I can get through the difficult time, because God has spoken to me. And then the last one there that I want to leave with you is the, the path of rest. Matthew 11, verse 28, verse 30 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my, I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I believe that a, a people who walk on the ancient path of, of God's ways will, will be a people who will make serving God attractive to the world. It doesn't have to be a heavy thing. There's a cost that we need to pay in, in terms of picking up our cross. But God says that my yoke is easy, my burden is light. It doesn't have to be a heavy thing to follow God. It doesn't be, have to be a thing that steals our joy. It's an actual fact. God says if we learn from Him, if we surrender our burdens to him, then, then he comes and he carries that for us. I, I had to, to surrender the burden of this church family to the Lord. And I must tell you, it's made such a massive difference for me. To say, God, this, these are your people. I don't have to worry about the things that I cannot do. I don't have to worry about the gifts that I don't have. I don't have to worry about the stuff that I cannot control. These are your people. And I'm surrendering them into your hands. I'm surrendering everything about these people because you are building your church. Surrender your marriage, surrender your kids, surrender your business into the Lord's hands. And he says, I want you to learn from me. I'm, I'm learning from him what it means to rest in him. I'm not an expert in that yet. I'm learning from him to, to, to know what it means to rest in him, to yield to him. And I want to encourage you to join me on this, on this journey of learning from him, to walk in that way of unity, walk in the way of faith, and walk in the way 
of, of his rest. And I want to pray for you if we can, if we can stand. I just want to release a few words that the Lord has placed in my heart over, over you this morning. Father, I want to thank you, God, for the, the ways of this church, Lord, of Shofar Johannesburg. God, I, I want to thank you, Lord, that in this church, God, there's a heart to say that when you speak, we will not be like the Israelites who will say, we will not listen. In this church, Lord, there's a desire to say, God, because you have spoken, we will obey. We will change our ways. We will, we will move where you tell us to move. We will do what you want us to do, Father. And I just feel, God, that you are saying that you, you are well pleased, Lord, with this church. You are well pleased with the spirit of obedience in this church. Lord, that in this church there is not a rebellious spirit. There is not a, a spirit that, that wants to do its own thing. There is a spirit of healedness to you, a spirit of humility that is so precious in your sight. And, and I feel, God, that you are saying that, that um, all of us have access to you, and we don't have to strive for that, for that access, but that there are moments when you delight in us. There are moments when you delight in what our hearts reveal and and God, that when we draw near to you, God, that there's delighting in your heart over this people because of the humility of their hearts. I sense, God, that because they have come before you in humility and because they are humble before your word and they've bowed their knees to your word, that you have stored up for them treasures with which you're going to bless them. And I feel the Lord is saying that you should not look at yourself just through the eyes of your numbers and look at yourself through the eyes even of the venues that you use and, and all of those things that you could use as, as metrics for determining your, your, your influence or your success and don't look at yourself through the, the eyes of the world. Don't judge and evaluate your family and your, your, your own calling and your own destiny through the eyes of materialism and the, and the spirit of carnality that's around you. But God looks at the heart. God looks at, at the heart that has been set to follow his ways. And that this church has, has decided a long time ago, a sense that, that in, this, in this congregation there are people who have made a covenant with God, who have said, God, we want to have a heart circumcised to follow you. We don't, we don't want to build our own kingdoms, as, as Leo said this, this morning. We want to build your kingdom. And right now, many of you feel that the price is too high. Many of you feel that the standard maybe even is too high, that what you have in terms of your own natural resources is too few to, to make a difference, uh, finding yourself in what sometimes feels like a Babylonian system. But, but God says that because you have set your heart to follow my ways, I am leading you into life. I'm leading you into a, a way of living that will be nothing less than parting the Red Sea. I will, I will in these days cause you to see the Red Sea of unbelief, the Red Sea of racial um, mistrust and racial disintegration and animosity. You will see that part as you continue to seek my ways and to walk in my ways step by step. I, I feel that the Lord is saying that the path of unity that He has placed before this congregation will be a, 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 a path where couples will, will walk in tremendous faith and will see tremendous things being done as they enter into the inner closet in unity. And, the, and you will see things shift in the schools of your children. You will see things shift in your workplaces, not because it comes from a place of you writing the emails and agitating for things, but because of your unity in your closet. And I feel that the Lord is saying that He's inviting some of you to revisit the, the secret ways, the hidden ways of the inner room where some of your ways have gathered dust and some of the ways have been overgrown with a lot of things, a, a lot of good activities even, but also it has been overgrown by disappointment. I feel some of you have trusted God for things and it hasn't come to pass and you have allowed the ways of your inner room, your inner closet just to become overgrown because you haven't been traveling on that road but the Lord says that your feet know that way you, you've been traveling on that road and I'm inviting you back onto that way again of your inner room of the, the special times that you, that you have with me there there's some watchmen here and you have allowed offense and you have allowed disillusionment to, to rob you of your confidence to blow the trumpet and the Lord says that I'm inviting you back into a place of laying hold of the trumpet again and to blow the trumpet and to say to God's people, listen 
to the voice of the Lord, not from a place of arrogance, but from a place of brokenness before the Lord. And I feel also that God is, is saying that um, I've, I've called the men of this congregation to walk upon the ancient paths of laying your lives down for the, for the women around you. And, and you will do it for your wives, but you will do it also for your sisters in the Lord. And, 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 and he's called the men of this congregation, like he called Timothy, to treat the older women like mothers and the younger women like sisters. And that there will be something about the community of Shofar Johannesburg, something that will be nothing less than a safe place, an oasis in the midst of a desert, but a safe place in the midst of warfare. I sense that the Lord is saying that there will come great times of calamity upon the city. There will come great times of greater greater uh, uh, degradation in, in many ways in terms of the moral fiber of the city. But the Lord says that I've destined my people to be wells of fresh water. And so do bring your broken cisterns. I, I see ways that some of us have walked with these broken cisterns and we keep on going back on those ways. But the Lord says, I have a, another way for you, a way that leads to life and that leads to rest and that leads to sleep. I, I see some of us closing our computers late at night. I see some of you throwing your phones away and I see some of you just making radical changes to walk upon the ways of the Lord and I see some of you making Nazarene vows where where you 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 in a way shave your hair pierce ear and circumcise your heart and rent your clothes as you as you live lives of wholesale surrender to the Lord and I sense the Lord says that he stirred in your heart a desire to follow Jesus a desire not to satisfy yourself with the the meat and the drink and the spices of the king but to satisfy yourself only with that which comes from him and so I feel the Lord is saying that your your calling as a Daniel generation as a Daniel influence in the city it stands strong. There's an ancient path of God's calling upon this congregation to be influencers, to be catalytic change agents. But the Lord says you will not do it in your own ways. And, and therefore the things that seem right will be wrong. And the things that, that seem wrong will, will be right. And God is looking for people and he has called the people. And I believe he says he has found the people will not be afraid to look foolish in the eyes of the world because the foolishness of God is the wisdom of man. And so I feel the Lord is calling you to, to, to a way of foolish wisdom. Foolish wisdom. And, and if you would dare to follow Him, if you would dare to walk in His ways, I, I, see, I see doors opening up. I see treasure houses opening up. And I see men and I see women who, who lay their lives down for others. I see shepherds who, who don't have the spirit of the hireling. I, I, see, I see brothers fighting for each other. I see children prophesying because they have seen those who've created the way for them to follow. So God, thank you for the ways that you've placed before this church, Lord. I just, I just feel in my heart the Lord is oh, just this call to live sold out for him. I, I just I see systems being smashed, broken systems just being smashed, and and you guys running to the well of life. Just running to the well. And I, I really feel the Lord says he's pleased with this church. But he's calling you to his ways that lead to rest and life and faith and unity. God, I speak to the sleeping giants, Lord. I speak to, I feel God says that he wants to restore the place of influence of his church. There's been, there's been a spirit of compromise in his, in his body in the city. And it, it has lost its place of influence in, in the nation. And I sense God is saying that he wants to restore the, the place of influence, the birthright that the church in, 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 this, in this region has to be influences that will impact the rest of the nation. But because of the deceitfulness of riches, the, 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 the allure of materialism that is scrapped into his body as well, it has lost its lampstand. But God says that I desire that the lampstand of influence, of godly influence and purity. And I believe it's God's birthright for this church. And 
It's not about numbers, but the purity of heart. So God, I thank you for those sold out to you, Lord, this morning. I just feel in my heart that I want to pray for the watchman. I want to, I want to pray just for those of you who feel that God has spoken to you this morning and He's just calling you to, to a radical evaluation of your ways. And you, and you, like Thomas, you will say, Lord, I don't know what way you want me to change. I don't know, God, where my way will lead me, God. I don't, I don't know what it is you want from me, God. All I, all I want to know, Lord God, is that you will walk with me and you will lead me and you will show me. But I want you to shine your light, Lord. I, I want none of my own ways, Lord. I want to follow your ways, God. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.